0: Good morning, good afternoon and good evening wherever you are. Welcome to episode three of the Groovy Podcast. Today is 19th of June and I'm Peter Lebrook, podcasting from merry old England. This week I'm on my own. I didn't get anybody to interview, sorry about that, so you're just going to have to live with just me for today. Uh, I have enabled the Google Hangouts Q&A app, so I've got it open. So if you know how to use Q&A and you happen to have a question during the middle of the broadcast, then uh, let me know and I'll see what I can do to answer it. So it's been a little while since the last one. Um, There's been plenty of big announcements that I want to talk about. And um, yeah, I've just been to, uh, last week, DevOps UK. Uh, That's getting bigger conference now. So that's like around 800 people in total going through the doors um, and lots of Java related stuff so had fun there uh, didn't actually get to see many sessions because uh, my good friend Andros Elmeray had me implementing things for Lazy Bones, but it's all in a good cause anyway so with that out of the way let's get on with some actual news items so we had uh, greatconf EU um, la- beginning of this month um, and that was a uh, nice thing about Great Conf EU is it kind of has that very personal feel, and any of the speakers that go, uh, any of the attendees have no problems coming up and chatting to you and asking questions, uh, and that's really nice. You get good feedback. Um, always makes uh, you know the speakers feel good when people come up and chat to them about things. Um, makes us feel important, that kind of thing. Uh, so th- that conference went really well. Well worth a, a visit if you ever get a chance and then DevOps UK last week. Um, One of the big things that came out of GreatConf EU was Cedric Schumpo's talk on uh, Groovy on Android. Now, as we all know, there was a period of time when you actually had to shut off Twitter because all you read about was Swift. You know, everybody else as a language and they're barely a ripple. Apple does it, the whole world explodes. Uh, but very interesting language uh, but it is iOS only so Cedric's talk was particularly interesting because at the moment all you can do is write Java for Android and you know Java's not a bad language but I have to say it has never been much fun for particularly doing UI stuff I've done a lot of swing framework based stuff in my, in my past lives and yeah It's not fun, I've even done GWT and I like the idea of GWT, I didn't like the practice of GWT, and Java's a big factor in that. So, suddenly having this opportunity to use something like Groovy on Android, actually having an alternative option, I think should excite a lot of people particularly the android developers so live in his talk he actually merged the pull request into groovy master that basically allows you to build and uh, deploy groovy applications to android and i actually mentioned this in my introduction to groovy last week and that kind of that already got somebody uh, very interested so definitely just have a look there's not an awful lot of work involved I'll link to uh, at least one of Cedric's blog posts Uh, basically you just need Android Studio uh, that already has Groovy plugin Uh, there's a Gradle plugin uh, that you can incorporate into your Android build and that will compile the Groovy for you and pretty much as long as you use at compile static you can pretty much do anything that you would expect to be able to do normal Groovy it just builds into an Android application. So um, not only does Cedric have that blog post and written the Gradle plugin, he also wrote a sample app, uh, GreatConf uh, Agenda. So I'll try and remember to put a link to that as well in the notes, show notes. And simply you know, grab hold of that and try and deploy to your Android phone if you have one. Um, you'll be surprised at actually fairly how straightforward it is for Android. I have to say, I did spend uh, 15 minutes or more trying to set up Android in the first place that had nothing to do with Groovy. Um, it's a little bit fiddly setup, but once you're there, it's all good. So yeah, hopefully this could be a, a new avenue to get lots and lots of people uh, into the Groovy community and in part of the ecosystem, you know, already uh, attracting Android developers through the, you know, the the build system being based on Gradle but actually being able to develop apps. you know, It's not even primarily about getting people into the Groovy, Groovy ecosystem it's about offering these poor developers a really solid alternative to writing Java. Uh, and at the end of Cedric's talk he actually had a call to arms which was let's help Android development. We've got or he has got uh, Groovy running on Android, let us now update APIs, groovify APIs to make the whole experience nice. Because APIs these days are very important. It's not just language, syntax, and structures that count. OK, so that was very, that was like probably the, the biggest news. I'm very excited about that. And um, I hope to spend a little bit more time uh, playing around with it. Uh, I still hope to write a blog post uh, about my experience uh, playing with it, getting it working, uh, trying to help others get started with it and yeah hopefully we'll see big things from there and that kind of led to the release of groovy 2.4 beta so now we know there will be a groovy 2.4 apparently there is likely to be a groovy 2.5 as well but the beta beta groovy 2.4 beta 1 big change it works on android you can't use groovy 2.3 or earlier uh, but more more generally, um, there, there was a, a Groovy developer conference, uh, which has a lot of discussions around what is going into each of the Groovy versions, uh, I'll put the link in the show notes but basically, uh, the mo- there'll be a move to supporting Java 8 syntax. Uh, if you're interested in this, it's definitely worth getting involved in the Groovy dev mailing list and actually discussing, you know, should we be supporting things like Lambda expression, the syntax for Lambda expressions? What about the method references where you have class double colon method? Groovy already has a syntax for that, or as he has closures instead of Lambda functions. How much do we want Groovy to be uh, copy and paste from Java? Um, my personal opinion is we've done kind of well out of it, but um, it does complicate the language and discourages people from writing idiomatic Groovy. Um, to be honest, I would like to see the Java 8 method reference. I just think it's a little nicer than the um, dot ampersand or ampersand dot. I can never see. I don't even know which way around they go, so uh, double colon much much easier. Lambda expressions. I I don't really see the uh, value of supporting a an extra syntax there. But you know everybody has their own opinion, so definitely get involved with that. Uh, Also, you know updating the um, Groovy JDK to incorporate the new um, classes and and interfaces in Java eight. Uh, It's already, you know, finally we had NIO uh, extensions to, um, you know, add all the extra file methods now we're on the path interface. So you know, they're looking to uh, add similar things to the Java API such as stream. Um, And kind of interestingly. Uh, they're looking at adding a macro system for AST transformations. Now somebody already has a project called Groovy Macros, and the idea here is to simplify the creation of AST transforms, which I think is a great idea, because basically I've, AST transformations scare me. I mean the code is all about syntactical structures and manipulating syntactical structures. It's not really my um, uh, comfort zone, if you like. So. Having another alternative that makes it easy to create AST transformations without worrying too much about working with um, block expressions and uh, you know method nodes and class nodes and all that syntactical stuff that gets a big thumbs up from me. So they're looking at actually incorporating that ex- kind of that existing project Groovy macros into the core. So a lot of good things. Uh, planned for Groovy 2.4, sounds like a lot of work, Um, then there apparently will be a Groovy 2.5 and then eventually we'll get to Groovy 3.0, not sure when that will be, but of course that will be the big um, mop, the meta-object protocol change, um, cleaning up a lot of uh, crud probably, sort of trying to uh, consolidate the language hopefully, so you have to be honest, few, I, I'd like there to be fewer ways of doing things, uh, it just kind of adds to the confusion. Um, but uh, we'll see what happens with that. So those are the versions coming along. Grails itself has had a, a few releases recently, um, notably two four one patch release for the 2.4 release and 2.3.10, so mostly bug fixes there. Um, Still expecting more patch releases, certainly on the 2.4 line, don't know about the 2.3 one. Um, And of course they are pretty much jumping into the Grails 3 development. Speaking of which, Grails 3 is going to be a big change to the plugins and the plugin system. Um, They're looking at basically deconstructing plugins, taking them apart uh, and putting them into build, bits, um, code generation bits and, you know, the runtime bits, uh, working with the startup and actually having plug-in stuff in the running application. So now I think is really the time, like if you're a plug-in author, if you've worked with plugins, now is the time to get involved in discussions on Dev Grail's mailing list to kind of say what you would like to see in a new plugin API. Because I think that's eventually what's going to come out of this. There will be uh, a new plugin API. And there will undoubtedly be backwards compatibility. Uh, some of the old stuff will remain, um, some of it will be split out. Uh, but I think it's important for uh, users and plugin authors to actually give their input into that process of developing the plugin API and hopefully formalizing it. Um, A lot is informal, a lot of plugins have done uh, a little bit scary stuff to try and get things working Um, and hopefully that knowledge from what they had to do before can be uh, put into the plugin API itself. So, let's see uh, where that goes. Um, I will try to you know at least kick start the conversation myself you know I've worked on plenty of plugins so it's kind of I feel if I'm going to get uh, try and get everybody else involved I should at least make an effort to do it myself um, do as it's not just do as I say <laughs> it should be do as I do as well okay so that's grails uh, another significant Groovy ecosystem project got a very significant release. Uh, Griffin, the kind of Groovy desktop application framework. I say Groovy. Um, I think you can still write Griffin applications in Java, uh, but you know, so rapid application development framework for desktop applications. Uh, Reaching a 2.0, everything apparently pretty much changes. Uh, out goes the built-in Gryphon command. Instead, you basically have to use Gradle. And for templates, and shortly, hopefully, soon to be, uh, the code generation you know, creating controllers, models, views, that kind of thing, uh, that will be managed by LazyBones, which of course is my project, so I'm happy, Um, although not so happy because that means that Andreas keeps asking me for features, but those features will be ready in the not-too-distant future, in fact, most of the work is already done. Um, So yeah, that's very interesting, in fact, so Griffin really becomes the runtime component, plus. Gradle plugins uh, plus LazyBones templates, so uh, effectively uh, offloading as much of the work onto other tools that are more suited for those sorts of things. Gradle is a great build tool, if you can use it, why not use it instead of uh, messing around with your own build system. Um, It's something that Grails 3 will be doing as well, Uh, Griffin 2 has just got there quicker. So, that beta release is out things, big things change. Gradle has also had a, a big release. They've just got to 2.0. They had their release candidate 1. This is less of an interesting release compared to kind of other libraries and frameworks, maybe because of the approach that the Gradle guys take. Effectively, they're saying that when we go to 2, it's not going to be about introducing new features or changing entirely the way that Gradle works. It's about uh, changing the baseline for compatibility, it means that they can finally get rid of uh, lots of old stuff that should no longer be there and they don't want to maintain. So yes, stuff will break, but there's been lots of deprecation messages for a long time. So you know, I think this is a really neat approach to take, you know, saying, Our versions are basically our baselines of compatibility. It's not feature-driven development. Features get introduced in all the uh, minor releases. So, 2.0 RC1 has been released. And shortly after, and announced at the Gradle summit, I gather, uh, last week, the Gradle plugin portal has been released. So now people can publish their plugins. You publish your plugins to Bintray, some of you may already be doing that. You then ensure they get added to JCenter. And I believe you need to ask for it to be linked into a Gradle plugins repository as well. I'm not quite sure why you need to do both. Um, possibly because they want the plugin resolution at build time to be against JCenter. But they need the links in Gradle plugins repository to be able to populate the uh, plugin portal. You will also need to qualify your plugin IDs, so, you know, I have a LazyBones Gradle plugin, uh, LazyBones templates Gradle plugin. Now that is not uh, suitable because it's not qualified, it's uh, in the global namespace, so I will need to uh, effectively add a package to that name, so maybe uk.co.kakowithis.lazabones-template. So more writing, but uh, it's important to ensure there aren't many, if any, conflicts between plugins. Um, I think, you know, last I heard they had about 60 in there, the Nebula plugins from Netflix are in there, and gradually I think more and more people will add them. Um, I kind of missed my opportunity with the 1.1 Lazybones templates plugin. Uh, uh, so I'll have to add that qualified ID for the next release when that comes along. So, the plugin portals out there, um, at the moment, there's not an awful lot. You can basically, they have labels and you can search on labels or you can just do plain full text search. Uh, otherwise, it's just a flat list of plugins. Um, there are no categories or anything like that yet. Um, I'm sure that will come at some point in the future. But it does mean that uh, you won't have to, uh, hopefully, in I think with Gradle two, you won't have to, or Gradle two point one, you won't have to mess around with uh, all the build script declarations just to get your uh, plugin available. You will be in the plugin namespace as soon as you publish your plugin to the portal. Okay, so so quite a lot of uh, big releases. won't talk about any more releases for the moment. Uh, just a few tidbits of use of information, um, some articles that people might find interesting. The first one is uh, an article by David Norton, who explains how you can unit test JavaScript with Spock. And if I remember correctly, this is based on Nashor. And I think a lot of interesting stuff is going to happen. So if you're not aware of this, Java 8, uh, you know we've had Rhino, the JavaScript engine in Java for for a while now, uh, but you know, it wasn't great. So with Java 8, they effectively created a whole new one called Nashorn. Apparently it's Nashorn, not Nashorn. And uh, apparently that's pretty uh, efficient, pretty fast. And I think you're going to see a lot of JavaScript-related stuff appearing based on Nashorn. And one of which is uh, unit testing your JavaScript, client-side, server-side, whatever, uh, using Spock. So we'll have the link to that, so if that's something that sounds interesting, uh, certainly a a novel use for me of using Spock, so check that one out. Uh, Chris Latimer has also written a couple of blog posts on how to build non-trivial REST APIs in Grails, in Grails 2.3, so if you look in the user guide, Grails user guide, it will Show you examples of very very basic simple REST APIs, but nothing real world is ever that simple. So it's nice to see someone going a little bit more in depth and discussing how do you uh, how do you keep a, an API up to date? How do you manage changes to that API? Uh, all these all these other considerations when you actually build a real world REST API. So definitely worth, another, uh, that one's worth a look. Uh, I also discovered, thanks to Andres Elmeray again, um, a project called Gmaven Plus. Now, I was aware of Gmaven, um, and I was aware of the, uh, was it Eclipse, the um, Eclipse compiler for Groovy. You can There's a Maven plugin that allows you to incorporate that into your Maven builds. Um, I was using that Uh, for my example uh, maven builds but now there's a gmaven plus which I think is a rewrite of gmaven which uh, allows you to build groovy with Java in a maven project but it also allows you to embed groovy scripts inside your maven build so any of that custom functionality that uh, you'd have to write a Maven plugin for. You can instead use Jeeve Maven Plus and a Groovy script. Um, so yeah, check that out. It's all new. I haven't looked at it much myself, um, but you know that may be the way to uh, incorporate Groovy into your Maven builds. Uh, Mr. Hacky. Uh, famous to many people, he does his groovy goodness, grails goodness, gradle goodness, many many goodnesses. Um, It's like blog posts, he's also taken a lot of those blog posts and uh, created a LeanPub book out of them, Um, so that just gets a whole load of useful uh, tips and tricks into a single book, so worth checking that out. He's recently done a uh, spotlight, one on Spock, on how to use data variables for labels. Now, I only mention this, uh, mainly mention this, because I didn't know about it before. Um, Mr. Hackey apparently got it from Rob Fletcher, who does a lot of uh, Spock talks. He's working on a Lean Pub, I think, Spock book as well. And this allows you to, uh, if you're not familiar, if you use a where block in Spock, you can put, sort of placeholders in the feature method name uh, using hash name of your where variable. And then when the test is run, that hash variable will be replaced by the value of that variable at runtime. So this allows your feature methods, especially in test reports, to um, show more useful information about which test is being run. Well, this little blog post shows you how to add extra variables that aren't actually part of the data set for your test, but instead are purely used so they can be embedded in the uh, feature method name so that you get more uh, readable, uh, useful labels. Try to explain it without actually showing it, so I recommend that you definitely check the blog post and then it will be blatantly obvious what I'm badly trying to explain. So it's a very neat trick. I did just try it on uh, my lazy bones tests, and it's <laughs> it's actually really nice. Uh, and I definitely, if you do Spock, definitely start using that technique. I think it really helps with your test reports. Um, I just want to end the discussion about Groovy user guide. So I I want to contribute to Groovy. But you know, I'm definitely out of my comfort zone, not only with AST transformations, but the whole language, antler grammars, and all that stuff. I can contribute to APIs, um, but I feel that one of the, most, the, one of the easiest areas to contribute is the user guide, because uh, Groovy hasn't had a single user guide for people to come to to learn about the language. Uh, I mean, this is really the first effort. There's been the wiki but it's been fairly unstructured, um, not particularly friendly. So this is the first effort to structure that and make it uh, more appealing to new users and existing users and they're trying to incorporate a uh, language specification as well. So, documentation I do uh, a fair, fair bit of writing uh, as part of my living. So it's kind of a, an obvious uh, choice for me to help contribute to the project. Uh, also, you know if you're considering getting involved, um, it's based on ASCIIDoc. So you know if you've not done ASCIIDoc before, it's a great way to learn about that tool. I think it's a you know, Markdown is great for uh, single articles, for readmes, that kind of thing. but if you want to do something larger. Uh, a user guide, a book, or anything like that, uh, anything that might have any kind of typesetting involved, you definitely should be looking at ASCII doc instead. Or, you know, if you're Russell Winder, then it's LaTeX. Uh, but I'm, I, I, I'm too old to learn LaTeX, so ASCII doc is where I'm going to concentrate my attention. And especially there's a Groovy, as part of the Groovy build, uh, you can very easily build the uh, user docs, just creates HTML. All the sections are already there, there's just a lot of TBDs to be done. Um, and basically, you just need to out the source code, edit the ASCII doc files, and add to the sections. I have effectively challenged myself to allocate half an hour to an hour a day uh, to work on the user guide. And you know, actually that's just enough time to do a little section. But if lots of people do little sections, then uh, the user guide will finish much more quickly. And it will also help the core Groovy developers to focus on Groovy, developing Groovy, rather than working on the user guide. So, yes, they still need to um, handle your, uh, your contributions, but that's a lot less work than actually doing all the writing themselves unfortunately as it stands there's no real formal uh, way to say I am going to be working on such and such part of the book so that so everybody knows what everybody else is doing um, this is partly because not many people are con- contributing at the moment uh, but if you know my uh, my exercise uh, and my appeal uh, kind of gets more people involved then that does become an issue I hope people do become involved so my current recommendation in the absence of anything formal is to actually create a uh, a branch and uh, make changes find a section that you'd like to work on label it next next to a section header in parentheses put your name or initials whatever you want um, all the sections that you want to work on commit that Push it, pull request, and once that's incorporated into the main Groovy Core repository, you can start working on it. Because at that point, anybody that updates their uh, their source code from Groovy Core will see, ah, this has been marked by such and such who wants to work on it. Um, I kind of I recommend full names rather than initials. It makes it easier to track people down if there's a section that has been reserved, but hasn't actually seen any work for a week or two. So it's important you only reserve small sections that you know you're going to finish in in a day or two. I also recommend reserving, say, a, a day in advance. Um, it's it's not absolutely necessary right now, but if more people get involved, uh, that will be necessary until you know a decision is made to do something more formal. Um, so. You know, if you've used Groovy, then you can pretty much help with some part of the documentation. Um, even if it's just reviewing what's already being written, clearing things up, clarifying things—all uh, these sorts of areas uh, help. And you know, if you just allocate an hour or two, even a week, uh, if enough people, with ten. Uh, fifty hundred people do that then uh, there will be very fast progress on the user guide so I'm trying to reserve half an hour to an hour per day I'm not expecting anyone else to do anything that silly Um, but certainly you know if you can reserve time per week that would be great or even per month you know every little bit counts as in democracy an individual vote doesn't count for much but when you've got all the votes counted together you know all the votes from like-minded people form a big block that actually has an impact so it's it's similar to that I will try to write a blog post on uh, getting started with the uh, groovy user guide um, so hopefully maybe by the end of this weekend fingers crossed um, I also of course want to do the one on groovy on Android but even if I don't manage to do that it's really not that Difficult, you just need to uh, clone the repository, check it out, Um, sorry, fork the repository, clone it, make your changes, uh, you know, reserve the sections you want, send a pull request with those, and then just uh, make your changes to whatever section you want to work on. Okay, so that's it for today. Uh, Next week, I'm hoping to have uh, Baruch from JFrog. A interview and I'll be hoping to talk to him about the uh, Gradle announcements. You know, uh, you know uh, how how long have they been uh, had the Bintray stuff in the works? How is Bintray going? Um, and all those things. You know, how long have they been working with uh, Groovy and Gradle and all the other tools? Because uh, JFrog have been very active with the Groovy community for a long time, so uh, there should be some interesting stuff to learn from that. So that's next week, um, probably uh, Thursday, but I'll I'll let you know when that's confirmed. Uh, Otherwise, don't forget GreatConf US, end of next month and beginning of September is Spring 1, 2GX, and the end of this year, November, DevOx, Belgium. So hopefully I will see you at one of those. Uh, especially fingers crossed if I get invited to Bevo- uh, DevOx Belgium. Thank you for listening. I hope you've learned some sound, learned some stuff. Don't forget uh, if you've got any feedback, then you can probably add comments to YouTube or um, just send me a tweet at, at @p_ledbrook on Twitter. And uh, yeah, I hope to hear from you and catch up with you next week. Bye bye.